Following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here in the West Midlands and 105.1 if you're tuned into us down south around Milton Keynes uh, and all that area and do Luton. Everybody down there, welcome as well to us this evening on the show. Uh, we have the snow still up here indeed I'm coming to you from home and I'm just looking out in the garden there's still a lot of snow out there and it's very foggy so I hope it is safe wherever you are and if you are driving and listening to us on your radio that you are able to drive safely and concentrate on the roads Um, I believe there's some black ice out there and potential skid areas so please do be careful and look after yourself driving home we have um, a really exciting show this evening uh, because I have two wonderful guests with me. Uh, one that I've known for a number of years and she's come on Unity FM before. It's been a while now, but it's lovely hear- having her here and hearing her voice. She's Councillor Janet King and she is from Bromsgrove area. And she does a lot of work with asylum seekers and refugees. Actually, I don't know how she manages to do so much work. Uh, I am tired just keeping up with her and hearing her messages because, mashallah, she does a lot of work and, and really is inspirational to everybody listening in this evening uh, about the work she's doing. And she's going to tell us about that and tell us about the, the people that she has helped and the people that are here requiring help and how we can help them. And we have got also another guest, which is his name is Hamid. And he is an asylum seeker and he would like to share his story and help you to understand the processes and the difficulties as well as the good initiatives and the good points that he'd like to explain to us about his journey and his um, process here and how he comes here as an asylum seeker and what's what's happening for him here. So it's a, a really interesting and good show for you all to tune in to this evening so no COVID we're going to park COVID completely today it will probably come in the conversations every now and again because we unfortunately we can't get rid of it out of our minds but we're going to try and focus on other other issues other things so no matter how bad things are for us there is people that actually are living not that far away from us that things are worse for. And that's what we're going to hear this evening about them and how we can help and support them. Our phone number, if you would like to join in the conversation, and please do, we'd love to have you in the conversation, is 0121 So that's the usual number, 0121 Please do ring in and get involved because we have an appeal coming up as well in this com- in this show this evening. But I'm going to pass over first to our guests so that they can talk a little bit about themselves. I'd love to hear more about themselves, about both of them about themselves. And then we'll talk about what is asylum and what are refugees, etc. So we pass over first to Janet. Welcome, Janet, to the show. Thank you. It's so lovely to be here, to be with you on radio again, Kathleen. I remember, and assalamu alaikum. Uh, good evening. I, I remember um, with happy thoughts the last time I was speaking, and that time I was speaking, as you remember, about um, refugees, mm-hmm. about the people who we were working with in our Syrian refugee families in Bromsgrove. And Bromsgrove, this was something quite new for us uh, because Bromsgrove is not an area where asylum seekers and refugees usually, um, uh, usually live. 
So uh, they were welcomed, really welcomed. And we had so much support from our local community. Uh, and our, I'm happy to say that our Syrian families are settling. Some have been here for five years now. Some are preparing for citizenship. Uh, those tests that I know I, I couldn't possibly pass, uh, and they're doing well. Uh, they, they have passed their driving tests, their English, so they're driving in England. They were able to use their Syrian uh, driving licenses for the first year, but when that year ran out, they had to pass our own test, and, and that included having the English uh, to be able to cope with the theory. So lots of ESOL classes, lots of work on their own computers, and um, and we, we have had some real success. Um, so one of our young men who, who worked for Syrian uh, uh, TV uh, actually has his own videography business now, Maz, and was actually awarded um, a really interesting prize for the work he's been doing uh, to help in, I hate to say that word, covid COVID times. He's been on his bicycle. Uh, he's been going out and taking prescriptions and food uh, and uh, and talking to people on the phone, to people who, who uh, needed his help. And his, his award, his prize, he's having a, um, a local um, uh, train named after him, <laughs> which is a lovely idea. Uh, so look out for the Mazen Salmu train as it comes uh, into New Street. Um, so that was a little about what we what we do um, with our how we work with our Syrian refugee families, um, but today we're talking about asylum seekers. And Hamid is, as you say, an asylum seeker living in the Bromsgrove Hotel. And this story is very very different, and it's really opened my eyes, and I think all of our eyes. So the difference, the huge difference in the experience of a resettled refugee who come, came over uh, through the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commission for Refugees Initiative, working with David Cameron, if you remember, who promised to, to take 20,000 uh, Syrian refugees under the um, vulnerable, Syrian Vulnerable Persons Resettlement Scheme. That promise has been kept. There are just about 300 people who haven't been able to come because of the dreaded COVID um, who are already documented and able to come and will be flown over as soon as that is safe and possible. Um, uh, so that has succeeded. And when they came, they were able to work. They were able to go to college. They were able to, um, yes, work for a driving license and, and drive. Um, they were found uh, accommodation, nice accommodation, actually, in Bromsgrove, I'm really pleased to say. And they had a group, we started as a, a welcome group. So they had a group of people working with them and a housing association too. So there was lots of help. The experience for an asylum seeker is very, very different, very different. Um, we, we hear a lot about the crossing, the, the channel crossings. The way that is being handled is really uh, a little bit uh, beyond uh, almost treating our asylum seekers as, as if they were the enemy, the unwanted stranger rather than the welcomed stranger, which our refugees most certainly are. Um, and this is a difference that really does need to be addressed. And it needs to be addressed probably by the, the really by the government. Um, uh, and it's a question of changing attitudes. Um, but 
to look at the more positive side of when our asylum seekers arrived at the hotel. This was a big surprise, uh, a big surprise for us. And we were just so keen to go and get involved and to, and to meet them and to see what we could do to help. Because the work we do with our refugees is not unlike in some ways the work we do with, with our asylum seekers. Um, we find out what their needs are and, and the needs are very much the same, although really exaggerated in the case of the asylum seekers. Um, our, our refugees are able, if they're not working and some are at work now, are able to claim, as of right, um, benefits. And they are claiming universal credit, um, and that is, um, you, you know, that, that is what they, they have. And they have a house as well. Um, our asylum seekers are not able to claim benefits, apart from um, the, um, the home, home office. Um, uh, they have a com accommodate, home office accommodation, and they, they are they usually, when they're in a house or a, a room in a house with other asylum seekers, they, uh, they have £39, just under £40 a week. However, when COVID struck, it was discussed uh, and there was less accommodation and we, we can explain that later. There was less accommodation for them. Uh, then it was decided that uh, asylum seekers would uh, should, should be moved to um, dispersal accommodation. And that is why we now have 136 um, asylum seekers, mainly young men, uh, in our hotel in Bromsgrove. But because they're provided with uh, food, um, they are, they receive only eight pounds, as you as you um, accurately said in your publicity, just eight pounds a week. And I think, do you think it's a sensible time for me to hand over to Hamid? It would be lovely to to hear from Hamid and hear his story and how he came here. And you've actually put us all in now in shock about that eight pounds a week. Because who could live on anything? Even I I know their accommodation and food is paid for, but. Eight pounds a week. What can you do on eight pounds a week? You can't go on a bus journey, return bus journey. If you're looking at it, going from Bromsgrove to Birmingham, or if you're looking for topping up your phone, you know it is very, very difficult to survive on that. So I think we need to move over to me to know how he and his 135 people in the same place again even you know i mean it, it sounds nice that they're living in a hotel but that's a lot of people in under one roof um as well so maybe he can tell us a little bit about where he came from how he came here and how he's coping thank you hamid are you there hamid yes 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 uh thank you for having me uh it's uh, it's it's a privilege for me to talk uh in this program uh, lively and it's my first experience talking live uh, in a radio program <laughs> and uh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, yes, as you said, uh, let's introduce myself. My name is Hamid. I'm from Iran uh, and um, it's it's been like five months. Uh, I'm, I got to UK. I, I'm living here in, a, uh, in the Bromsgrove Hotel. And as you said, uh, there has been uh, bright sides and dark sides of uh, my life uh, since I got here. And uh, the bright side is uh, Britain uh, provide us a very high standard accommodations like hotel, not us, all of the asylum 
Seeker, uh, like hotels and um, hostels, except for um, some of them, they are accommodated in camp, in Folkestone camp and Wells. Uh, the rest are accommodated in hotels or in hostels, which is very uh, high standard uh, compared to the main Europe um, countries like, uh, I don't know, Germany, Belgium. They all uh, they live in camps. Uh, the high numbers of people live in a camp or connects, and uh, it, which is this what Britain do is very much better than the other countries, as I said. Mm-hmm. And this is a very bright side. I'm very happy and very. Let, let me uh, let me correct your speech. Uh, in our, at our hotel, it was five pounds a week uh, previously, and it's it's amounts that the the five pounds a week has been stopped, uh, had been stopped, and they started to give us eight pounds a week. A week. But eight pounds is not for everybody. I myself, uh, I just um, for four weeks I could uh, get eight pounds, and then uh, I, they didn't give me that eight pounds. And, st- and so for some people can get that eight pounds a week, and some uh, some can't get. I don't know why. And uh, this is this. It's for it's very hard for. Um, with eight pounds a week, you can't uh, do uh, actually, <laughs> you can't get bus ticket or for smokers, they can't get cigarette or for, or for all those who have family in their home country. Um, they might, the family might be uh, money, might need money. But there is, uh, they're not allowed to work, and they can't. They don't get enough money. It's it's very more difficult for them. I must say, I don't smoke, and I there is no there is no one in my home country need uh, need support. For me, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But for the those group, it's very difficult. Uh, and yes, it's it's uh, and, and it's about the payments, and the other thing about the asylum seeking process in Britain. Uh, to be honest, uh, I don't. I my knowledge is not enough to talk about this issue. I just, uh, I just my knowledge is gathered from the things I've heard. My friends. Or the, fr- the the people I can uh, talk to them. I'm f- in Facebook or asylum seeker groups on WhatsApp or Facebook, and these kind of groups I can uh, hear the news from the other part of the UK, and uh, I I see it's different. The process is is kind of different in, for example, Newcastle and Birmingham and London. Uh, I mean the the duration, the the time that we expect uh, to we expect for the interview time, the time we get answer, 
and it's in London and Birmingham. It's uh, it seems to be longer, like one year. And the northern cities like Newcastle, it's like four months or six months. It's the difference. The the difference is like this. But overall, uh, overall, it's it's what I I I have been realized. I have been understand about and. As I said, I don't I know about the other processes about the asylum seek. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it's it's wonderful talking to you, Hamid, and thank you for for introducing yourself like this. Are you going to tell us a little bit about your journey? When did you leave Ir- Iraq or Iran? Sorry, was it Iran? Iran. Iran. When did you leave Iran? Uh, and how how did you manage to get to the UK? Just to put a little bit of context to your journey for people that are listening in. Uh, it was, I think, if I'm not wrong, more than a year that I I left my country. And if I'm not wrong, it was more than a year, I, 18 months or more. And uh, yes, it was. Uh, I have been to Greece actually, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a horrible situation in Greece. I'm very, very bad. <laughs> and uh, as you know, uh, Greece government uh, actually provide little, literally. Uh, refugees and no, no accommodation, no proper uh, payment, and it's horrible. And uh, mind you, mind you, uh, there are very kind and very good uh, organizations. They help um, refugees in Greece, and there are big help for their. Re- That's really good that there's organizations there. And when. You came from Greece then to Birmingham, then to Bromsgrove. Oh, I don't know. Are we losing Ahmed? I think we might have lost him there a little bit. Oh, uh, you yes, my voice has been breaking up. You mean? Yes, yes, you're breaking up a little bit, but don't worry. Indeed, I was oh. just trying to get in context your journey. So, about a year and a half ago, you left. You went to Greece, and then you arrived in the UK. What four months ago? Yeah, it was for like five, five, five or more, five or more or less five. Great. Yeah, uh, and you're one of the this big group of people now that are in Bromsgrove. Um, yeah. I, I'll go to Janet a little bit, and we uh, we'll ask Janet a few things uh, of what has happened. Janet, can you tell us about the the Bromsgrove and uh, Redditch group that welcomes people? So. People come like this singularly, one by one, and you welcome them in, or do they come in groups together? Uh, do you mean the way we, we work with our refugees or with our asylum seekers? In asylum seekers, do they come singly, or how do you manage to, to know that there's a new asylum seeker? Do, do they, how do you well, find out this, and how do you know about them? Yeah. Well, as I say, it was quite a surprise to us. Uh, the first thing we heard about the asylum seekers was, I think... Um, 
someone in our group had heard on the grapevine that the um, uh, hotel, uh, four-star hotel in Bromsgrove uh, was now being uh, used as an as, as, um, accommodation for asylum seekers. Um, and then we began to uh, think about how we could introduce ourselves. So we wrote, uh, first of all, we sent cards there were few, very few, uh, a small number of families there and some individual young men. And I think to begin with, there were only about seven, uh, no, maybe nine. nine. There were nine altogether. So it was very easy for us to go out and buy some really nice cards, welcome cards. And we had them translated so that the, um, the welcome, just we hope you'll be very happy in Bromsgrove. Um, we were able to have it translated into Spanish for our South American family. Uh, um, Farsi for our Iranian family um, and then into Arabic um, and of course we had Arabic speakers uh, all the Syrians are, are Arabic speakers and Kurdish and we do have two Kurdish uh, background families so um, we uh, I took them in and uh, thought maybe I might be able to meet the the people who had arrived but I was only able to leave them at the door uh, I suppose I understood because the um, the reason that they were in the hotel was because of COVID. Uh, they would normally just be in uh, accommodation uh, in a shared house or even their own uh, their own flat or, or house if it's a family in um, uh, Birmingham, uh, Dudley, Walsall, the the areas where usually asylum seekers are accommodated. But they were there because of uh, it not being um, possible to be in individual accommodation. Uh, some have been moved since, and, and mostly the, the families and the women and, uh, and uh, the children have been moved out, and gradually new people are moving into the hotel. Um, so the numbers are keeping up. The, the, the maximum people would be 147, but we have 136, I think, at the moment. Um, so we, we, we made first contact. Um, and then we um, we, we explained um, in a leaflet about ourselves um, and were asking really what we could do, what the needs were, and to contact us. And, of course, the needs were just the basic needs of um, clothes. Some people had left with nothing, with, with nothing. One little family arrived from North Africa. They had had to come uh, across the channel and they arrived in Dover and when they came up to Bromsgrove I was told I didn't meet them uh, on their first day they were still wearing the um, they still had the silver foil that they were wrapped in uh, for when they arrived in Dover so then it was um, then we would go out and, and get clothes some new clothes uh, we, we all our underwear is new <laughs> they, they actually when they arrive at the hotel they are given uh, uh, some underwear I think Hamid will be able to tell us more about that, what they actually receive from uh, Serco and requisite. But um, uh, we, we, we give uh, clothes where they're needed and um, uh, mostly men's clothes. Uh, that not it strange that we get a lot of women's clothes when the majority of people in the hotel are actually young men? Mm. Um, so we were asking people, did they have any really good quality second-hand clothes? And we were also buying because people were generously donating. We're giving cash donations too. Um, and the next big, big need was um, phones, telephones, um, smartphones, if possible, but some way of communicating with people. Many came with their own phone. And I think Hamid will tell us more about that. But some didn't. 
because the Home Office had uh, taken their phones uh, from them when they arrived uh, and had been a little bit slow in sending them back to them. Mm-hmm. So we, we were providing some phones and laptops, um, and that's so important. That's really good because we've got a minute left before break, and I just wanted to say that we're having our appeal today for anybody listening in for either phones, laptops, tablets, whatever kind of devices that you're not using at home at the moment to ring Unity FM 0121-772-8892 and arrange with them that when and the best when is the best time to drop off those devices there and they will collect them for you for Browns because I know we had a previous conversation where there's a huge need for these phones, the, the tablets or some sort of devices that they can learn English on, that they can uh, learn how to do their driving test, etc. on that. Isn't that right, Janet? Absolutely, yes. And uh, the ESOL classes, we're now organising ESOL classes by Zoom. Uh, so if they have a laptop or a tablet, it's, it's so much easier than just a smartphone. But smartphones it, it are possible. But uh, yes, we have a team of teachers. Uh, we have 10 teachers who are ready now. And thanks to Hamid, we have quite a number, I think nearly 30 students. Uh, again, Hamid can tell us more about that because he is our coordinator in the hotel and he's been helping, uh, huge help, to find the students who uh, who want to learn English. Wonderful indeed. We'll come, probably come back more to Hamid after the break because we're just coming into a commercial break very shortly now. Time runs away with us here on Unity FM. And I think our listeners this evening, please, if you're listening to these stories and really feel the the urgency of this and the need of our asylum speakers coming into this country with nothing, as you as Janet has explained, sometimes with just the silver wraps around them, having nothing. And it is through people's generosity that they are given the equipment that they need. And if you have an old laptop or an old uh, device at home that you're not using that we can wipe away everything and they can be given to a person to be able to learn ESOL and be able to help them to integrate here into the community. We'd love to hear from you. The number again is 0121-772-8892. Please ring Unity FM and I know the managers there will give you the, the time and the date that they'll be there to collect this from you. 